So today we're in Acts chapter 28, Acts 28, verses 1 through 16. So get your Bible out. Come on, open it up. Look into the Word of God. Get your phone out. Get your smartphone and turn over in your Bible app. Find where we are today because we're going to talk about the continuation of Paul's voyage to Rome to appear before Caesar. Now remember, last Sunday, Pastor Mike was preaching on Acts 27 and now they're shipwrecked. And where they shipwreck is in this island called Malta, all right? And so it's an epic trip that has plenty of drama. I mean, we can make a TV series out of this. Plenty of drama, thrilling moments, and best of all, it has what we call in the Greek, curious moments. Now, a curious moment is a God moment. It's where God intervenes in your life and shows up, all right? You don't see him. I'm not talking about you physically see God but you can look back on events that have happened in your life. How many of you have ever done that? Look back and realize, you know what? God was taking care of me. God was protecting me. God was doing something on behalf. If you ever had that happen, just lift your hand so I can be encouraged. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Uh, so anyway, this is what we're looking for. And this is what we're beginning to see in the story as we continue on. They're called divine moments. See, there's two types of, of time in the Bible. One is chronos and the other one's curious. The chronos is what we'd keep on our watch. That's why you all carry around your smartphones, have 16 calendars on it to tell you what you're supposed to do, and you still show up late. <laughs> oh, no, maybe that's just me. Sorry about that. And so I still show up late, but uh, I want you to know something right now. That's a chronos moment. In fact, there used to be a commercial on TV, Timex. This man looked like he was up, you know, dressed heavily up on uh, Mount Everest. And uh, he said, look, I've climbed all the way up here and my watch has took a licking, but it keeps on ticking. And they called it Kronos time right there in the commercial. Well, that's God is not subject to time. How many of y'all know that? God put us subject to time because we're in a finite part of our life. We're eternal beings. We're either gonna spend it with God in heaven or we're gonna go some other place, which is not so good. And uh, we don't wanna go there, a place called hell. It's real. So we're bound by the chronos, but listen, curious is what God does. That's where God is. Those are the moments that God shows up and pours into our lives. Raphael Mc, uh, Erwin Raphael McManus wrote a book called Seizing Your Divine Moment. Seizing Your Divine Moment. Buy it, read it, you'll be encouraged by it. So you can see how God is working and how God shows up in our life. And that's what I wanna highlight today in this book of Acts. God being on display. It's curious moments that are happening in the life of Paul. They've been happening, they continue to happen, and they move us forth. Now, I wanna draw your attention to something Pastor Mike Burnett said last week. What a powerful message he spoke on overcoming storms of life. Man, it was just powerful. But his final point was priceless. So if you haven't seen the message, you need to go online and watch it, all right, and listen to it. His final point in the message was, when the ship was coming apart, he said, don't focus on what's being lost. Focus on the pieces that are left because that's what God uses to get you to your next place. Man, it was powerful. I'd never thought about that. Said some of them could swim to shore, but the rest of them grabbed pieces and planks of the broken up ship and they were safely taken into shore. Listen, it's how God moves you from one place with his purpose to another. And so that's where we end up with our first point today, with God being on display. Acts 28, all right, God being on display, and we see our first point, God's purpose 
on display. Now, I want you to understand that God has given Paul a purpose. It's his purpose to turn people from darkness to light. That's what God spoke to him. Before he ever got on the voyage to Rome, he said, I have commissioned you to turn people from darkness to light. That means to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God. How many of you know that's a noble thing, amen? And so Paul does not lose sight of what he's doing. And so God's purpose is for Paul to go to Rome, all right? So here's our thought. Our thought is we're gonna go to Rome. It's a straight shot. We get on this ship, boom, we're in Rome. A couple of days later and it's all over. But listen to me. How many of you have found out that God often has a different detour for you to take in order for him to get his purpose fulfilled with your life? And that's what happens to Paul. He's on a detour here. You know, it, it's a detour that matters because, the, listen, the detour is just as important as the destination. How many of y'all have ever gone on a trip? You planned out on, you men especially, you planned it out on a map. Well, let me back up. Some of y'all are so young, you don't even know what a map is, all right? But we used to have these maps, you'd buy them at the gas station. Anyway, you'd plan your route. Now you just stick it in your GPS and your GPS figures it out for you. But how many of you ever traveled and all of a sudden you have a detour and it says, if you're gonna continue, you got a detour here and you get on another highway. Have anybody ever had to do that? If you have, let me see your hand, just give me a little wave. All right, a lot of you. So here's the bottom line. Did you end up in the place you were going? You just had to make a detour. You just had to go out of the way. And that's what's happening right here in Paul's life. It's like Jada and I. I mean, quite honestly, when I, when I decided, uh, she and I decided, we were leaving the pastorate at Trinity All Good. We were gonna head for Asia. Woo, here we go. We're going to Asia, why? Because we'd already built a church in, in Chiang Rai. And then we, were in, we had built a two-story ministry building so that we could bring people in from five different countries we would train them and then send them out and they plant churches in Burma, in China, in Vietnam, in Laos, and also in the nation of Thailand. And that was gonna, we figured that was gonna be our destiny. We are, we are and we're so excited. But I told her, I said, I'm taking November and December off, I'm hunting. I'm making up for all them days that I didn't get to hunt all those years I pastored. And uh, so I hunted. Well, the day that I told the church, or actually on my last Sunday, Pastor Mike Burnett calls me on Monday and he goes, Mike Campbell, Mike Burnett here. I said, I know who you are, man. I do have a smartphone. And so uh, I said, I said, Pastor, how you doing? He said, oh man, I'm doing good. He said, hey, did you just resign? I said, yes, I did. He said, great. He said, uh, I need to talk to you. I got, I got something I want to talk to you about. I'm coming over Friday for lunch. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. The last thing I wanted to do was go have lunch with another preacher. All I wanted to do was go hunt. But it's Pastor Mike. And so I said, okay, I'll meet you on Friday. So we go Friday, we eat lunch, and really and truly the reason I met him there was because he wanted to go to Nick's. Oh my God, best prime rib. Woo, thank you, Jesus. And so uh, we're sitting there eating lunch. And I can tell this guy, he's got something on his mind. So he finally gets down to it. He says, hey, what are you going to do? I said, nothing. And he said, no, really, what are you going to do? I said, man, I'm going on the mission field. He said, no, man, listen, 
what are you really going to do? I said, pastor, I'm going to Asia, man. I'm going to Thailand, Bangladesh, man. I said, we're going over there. We're going to throw paper in the air and shred it for Jesus, man. And he said, no, I got an idea. He said, I'm looking for a mission, pastor. I want you to come over to Clarksville. I said, pastor Mike, thank you so much. Uh, but I'm not interested. He said, uh, what are you fixing to do? I said, I'm going to hunt the rest of, I'm going to hunt all of November, December. I'm hunt part of January. And I said, I'm not doing anything, making no decisions till February 1st. He said, I'll call you on February 1st. <laughs> and he wasn't lying. He called me on February 1st. <laughs> and he said, hey, what are you going to do? He said, man, I want you to come to Clarksville. Listen to me. I'm telling you this story because we thought we had it figured out. Here's where we're going. Hey, detours matter. Can you say amen? Because I'm on a detour. Where at? Clarksville, Tennessee. Because <laughs> Pastor Mike, I mean, he just, he said, listen, God told me to call you. It's been a blessing. And, and I do mission work now in the nation. I ain't even been to Thailand. They closed that thing up, wrapped it up tight. They just now opened uh, just a few months back. It's been closed because of the pandemic. So we're doing work now in Ghana. But we had to take a detour through Clarksville. Are you following me? And listen to me, same destination. We're just taking a different way to get there. And in doing that, God is opening doors. And listen to me, the purpose of God's being displayed in our life, but he's being displayed right here in Paul's. Look at this. Now, when they escaped and they found out that the island was called Malta, the natives showed unusual kindness. Everybody say unusual. Listen to me. Can I just stop for a moment and say this? You need to show people unusual kindness whether you know them or not. It's the best thing to do. Besides, if you entertain strangers, you might be entertaining angels unaware. I'll just leave it right there. And so, uh, and the natives showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire, made us all welcome. <laughs> Everybody say welcome. And hey, they ain't even in the South. All right, so here we go. Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. Now, I want you to know the purpose of God is underway. It was God's purpose for Paul to get to Malta. Remember, his ultimate job, in fact, I think I have it up here. Let's see if I can find where I put that. There it is. Look at this, in Acts 27, 24. This is where God spoke to Paul right before the shipwreck. He said, don't be afraid, Paul, you must stand before Caesar. They're in the middle of a storm that's tearing the boat apart. They're throwing all the laden off. They're throwing the anchors out the back of the boat. The boat is having a hard time staying together and Paul is fasting, he's praying and an angel of the Lord shows up with Paul and says, Paul, and Paul recounts the story and says, an angel of God of who I am, who I belong to has spoke to me and if you all will listen to me, everybody's gonna be saved. There will be no loss of life and he said, God has granted you all that sail with you. Listen to me. When you are on a destiny for God and you are pursuing the purpose of God for your life, no matter what you're doing, I want you to know that there is a slop over that comes with it and everybody on the ship got slopped over and got saved because of Paul's faithfulness to God. God is achieving his, his ultimate purpose. What is his purpose? He loves people. He wants people saved. Do you believe that? That's what his purpose is for. You're sitting here today because someone loved you enough to tell you about the Lord and to tell you about the goodness of God. And he gets the slop over going. How many of y'all ever carried a bucket of water? Anybody ever had to carry a full bucket of water? What happens when you're walking with that water? Slops over the side, doesn't it? Now let me ask you a question. 
If that water gets on your leg, are you getting as wet as the bucket? Absolutely. Do you see what's happening here? Paul's got all of these people on this ship. He's got all these people that God is saying, hey, you're going to be saved if you'll just listen to Paul. And it is amazing. They say there's somewhere between 30 and 40 people on this ship, and it's amazing that every one of them listened to him and every one of them got saved. Why? Because the slop over hit them. I want you to know that God's the God of the slop over. When you get a hold of God and you start letting the purpose of God permeate your life, it'll slop over on somebody else. And they'll start seeing the goodness of God and they'll get saved and they'll slop over on the next person. Woo, I love it when God starts slopping. Come on. See, it's a, it's, just, it's a great story. But the word of the Lord was that he was not to be afraid. And I'm telling you right now, Paul was not afraid. He was moving forward and he was achieving the goal. Just like Jade and I, we're moving forward, we're achieving a goal. We're just gonna take a different route to get there. Paul went on this destiny to get to Rome. You're gonna find out next week, he arrives at Rome, but listen to me, he didn't arrive in the same manner that he thought, but when he did arrive, he had every soul on board. So he achieved the purpose of God. Can you say amen? Which brings me to my second point, that you got God's protection. God's protection is on display in this story because Paul's about to get bit by a snake. And I want you to know that is not good. The native people showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire, welcomed us all because it began to rain, was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Ooh, that is not a good day. You know, I was out fishing one time. I stopped at Edgar Evans, went up these steps. There's a restroom up there, came back down. And uh, as I was going back down the steps, I felt something hit me. I looked down and a copperhead done latched on the back of my shoe. And I want you to know something right now. There's only one kind of snake I like and that's a dead one. And that dude latched onto my shoe, but I saw he couldn't get his fang. It got caught on my shoe. So I stuck my other foot around, stepped on it. And then I began to do a two-step on his head. I'm like. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell that because I think poisonous snakes are protected in Tennessee, but tough break. It was either the snake or me. And I'm telling you right now, I'm still here. All right. And so it is not a good day. But listen to me, the protection of God. I believe the protection of God was with me that day. It could have struck me in the leg, but it struck me on my shoe. And then poor snake, bad day for the snake when it hangs up on your shoe and can't get away. Are y'all following me? And this is important for us to see. In fact, I'm telling you right now, Paul, he said over here in Isaiah 41.10, the word of God says, fear not for I am with you. How many of y'all believe God is with you? If you do, say yes. yes. Then why are we fearful in life? Let's fear nothing. There's nothing we need to fear. The only thing the Bible says you should fear is the one who has the power over you with death. And listen to me, God is not that one. He has, he's the God of life. What did Jesus say? I've come to give you what? Life and that more abundantly. John 10, 10. So Jesus wants, he's come to give us some life. And so he said for us to fear not. And then look at this. Now here comes the nature of man. All right, look at this. When the native people saw the creature hang from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man's a murderer. 
Now, I want you to know they've gone from being really good, hospitable people to as soon as they see a snake on him, he's a murderer. Now, listen to me close, everybody. Look right here. Listen, don't you believe the labels people put on you? There's no indication that Paul believed what they said. He just shook that snake off into the fire and kept on going about his business. And when he did that, look at what it says. Those he escaped from the sea, justice is not allowed him to live. He, however, shook the snake into the fire and suffered no harm. Everybody say no harm. No effect. Shook that thing off like, get off of me. Man, I'm telling you the truth. They immediately labeled him a murderer. Does that mean that every person who gets snake bit's a murderer? No. But isn't it funny how we're quick to judge people because of what happens in their life? Listen to me, put the judgment down. We, don't, we weren't made to judge. The only thing we do is inspect fruit. We check the fruit out in people's lives. Can you say amen? We don't, we don't judge people. That's God's job. And so he didn't pay any attention to this. And you listen to me. Don't you buy into what anybody's telling you other than you are a child of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You're going over and not under. Glory to God. Believe the goodness of God. Believe what God says about you more than you believe what men say about you. I'm telling you, it's important. And so we see the protection of God. In fact, look at what he says right here. Matthew 16, 17. These signs follow those who believe. Everybody say believers. It didn't say pastors, evangelists, missionaries. It didn't say any of that. It said he follows believers. These things, what is it? If they drink any deadly poison, will not hurt them. Now I want to make one thing clear. All right. And that is, this church does not handle snakes. Praise the Lord. I got married, my wife and I, we got married in the Assembly of God Church back in Greenville, Mississippi, a long time ago, 1982. And uh, we were standing up there, my buddy Chicken Knob, he was one of, the, one of the groomsmen. He turned around to my other buddy, Bart, and he said, Bart, he said, that their pastor see him go outside? He said, yeah. He said, he's gone to get the snakes. He said, when he comes, just grab one out of the box and pass it right on down the line. Bart took off running out of the church. He said, I ain't having no snakes. I mean, he was a good Methodist. Boom, right out the door he went. And Chicken Knob just standing there as stone-faced as everybody else is laughing. Except Knob, and he goes, well, I guess he's not gonna pass them. I mean, come on. We don't handle snakes. Paul was protected because he didn't do this recklessly. Are you following me? It just happened. Listen, expect God to show up. When accidents happen, expect God's protection to be upon your life so it won't have a lasting effect upon you. Can you say amen to that? All right, and then, hey, I want you to see one other thing. Paul's, Paul had the hand of God. He had the hand of God on his life. And you have the hand of God on your life because you're a child of God. Which brings me to my third point. God's power is on display. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, God's power is on you. Now, some of y'all are reluctant to say that, but I'm telling you the truth. It is right now. Protection happens and the power of God happens. In fact, you know, talking about protection, let me just tell you this. We, we were flying to uh, Moscow. And so I flew from Nashville to JFK International Airport, 1993, the year of perestroika. 
My great-grandmother, Sally Moore, had prayed over me years ago. We grew up Catholic. She was a Methodist filled with the Holy Spirit. She was on fire for God. She lived a long time, lived a great life. She's about 98 years old. She'd pray five, six hours a day. She'd kneel down and pray. She had calluses on her knees. And so one day I'm walking through the house because when you walk through the house, her bedroom's just a cutout. She'd say, Mike, come over here and pray with me. I said, Mama, I don't know how to pray. I'm just a Catholic boy. I don't know how to pray. I mean, when you when, well, I don't want to even say that. So anyway, I, I went over there and I, she said, come and kneel down. She'd take my hand. I could feel her bony fingers. You know how older people, they have a little frail. It's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling. I'm trying to encourage myself. I'm getting older. And so, uh, <laughs> so she said, oh, Lord, she said, you just pray what I pray. You listen to me. So she prayed Psalm 2.8, ask and I'll give you the heathen as your inheritance. Uttermost parts of the earth is your possession. And then she prayed. She said, Lord, now I can't go, but he can. Send him behind the iron curtain. Send him behind the bamboo curtain. Lord, let him win lots of people. Let him preach this gospel. I'm like, Mamma, I ain't preaching no gospel. I don't know what you're talking about. But as a kid, I used to dream dreams. But I always thought it would be a Catholic priest because that's all I knew. But I'd see myself standing before people proclaiming about Jesus. I just didn't know that was the call of God. So in 1993, I preached outside of Lennon's tomb in Red Square, long line of people to see a dead man. And I'm preaching on a milk carton crate, you know, one of those old milk crates. And I'm, I got that thing turned upside down, I'm preaching. And over 500 people gave their heart to Jesus that night. And I remembered the promise of my great-grandmother, Sally Moore. Lord, I can't go but send him. And there I stood in the middle of destiny, fulfilling the purpose of God. But before we left JFK, we were getting, getting ready to get on the plane and the Lord said, don't get on that plane, right inside here. So I just stepped aside. I told him, I said, I'm gonna step aside and pray. So I just stepped over in the corner and uh, I started praying. I wasn't no farther than hearing that camera right over there uh, from, uh, from the gate. And so I just started praying. I started praying in the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm praying about but I sure sense this unction, so let me pray in the Spirit. Help me out. And so I'm not even paying attention. I'm just, I'm just praying. I close my eyes. I'm praying, you know. And, uh, and then I hear this over the loudspeaker. It's the last call, flight so-and-so to Moscow. If you're going to get on, then you got to get on now. And so uh, right then, as soon as that lady said that, I heard on the inside, it's okay. And so I walked over, and I got on the plane. They closed the door behind me. And so I went and sat down in my seat and my friends were like, man, what have you been doing? I said, I've been out there praying. The Lord said, don't get on here. They push us away from the, from the gate. We start down the tarmac and the pilot stops. We sit there about 15 minutes. And then he comes on the loudspeaker and says, ladies and gentlemen, we got some kind of indicator light we've never seen before. It's on. Uh, we're gonna have to go back to the gate, let maintenance take a look. So they turned us around. We got back to the gate, pull into the gate. We sit on there 30 more minutes. And then they said, ladies and gentlemen, you're gonna to need to get all your stuff. We're gonna exit the plane by rows. This plane is not gonna be able to fly. And uh, we, uh, we're gonna bring another plane in. So we all get off. Two and a half hours later, they bring in another plane. They put us on. And then the pilot tells us, once we got on, he says, uh, well, what we found out was that light. We've never seen that light before, but what that light meant, what they found out is this this plane would not have gotten enough fuel. It would have had thrust to get us down the runway and maybe 
maybe as much as 50 or 100 feet in the air, but that would have been it, and then it would have given way, and we wouldn't have made it. And I'm sitting back there going, oh, y'all getting the slop over for my prayers. Come on, you know what I'm saying? I, on the inside, I never said a word outwardly, but on the inside, I'm going, yes, thank you, Jesus, you know? My missionary buddy leans over and he goes, oh, that's what you were praying about. I said, I, I will assume so. But listen to me, God wants to protect you. And he puts his power on display. Watch this, I wanna show you this. It says, now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief of the island named Publius or Publius or something. Anyway, you know what Pastor Mike would say? There's a great name for you to name your kid. So anyway, <laughs> who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. Man, three days, they are really doing it. They're putting the dog on. And it said, it happened that the father of this guy lay sick with fever and dysentery. Now, I don't need to give you an explanation of that other than to say that ain't good, all right? That's a stomach issue, and it ain't good. And Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. The power of God, which is the purpose of God, the purpose of Paul, is now flowing through Paul and affecting this, this man who's the, the father of the chief, one of the chief guys in the village, and now the power of God's at work and it's brought healing to his life. Do you see how detours bring the purpose of God into full manifestation with the protection of God and the power of God? He laid hands on him. Look at this. Listen to what the scripture says. Mark 16, 18, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Everybody say they. That's believers. Everybody say, I'm a believer. So you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It didn't say Pastor Mike. It didn't say this Mike. It says believers. I was in a store in Walmart and uh, I, was, I had to go get five items. My wife won't let me go with her to Walmart Christmas time. She said, I'm going for three items. You stay for three hours because I like to visit with everybody I know. And I'll just set up shop. I told them one time, I said, I'm gonna set up shop, start taking an offering. I mean, there were so many people in there wanting to lose their money. So anyway... I thought, I'd tell, that's, don't, don't pay any attention to that. So I'm there in Walmart. I start down this aisle. And I pick up an item, go to the next aisle, get another aisle. I had three or four items in my hand, maybe three. And I'm standing at this item looking at this other thing. I got my hand doing. I got the other things right here. And I hear this lady behind me. She's got a child in her basket. And the, the child is crying. I mean, he is crying. And I heard her say this. I heard her say, honey, I know you don't feel well. I know you're sick. But mama's got to get these items. We've got to have some food in the house. Well, when she said that, I just turned around. I'm like, all right, there's my clue. I need to get involved. So I turned around. I said, ma'am, uh, can I pray for your son? <laughs> she looked at me like I was some kind of old pervert. I mean, that mama bear started coming out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I saw her about ready to grab that purse. If she grabbed it, I'm ducking, all right? <laughs> and I said, ma'am, ma'am, I said, my name is Mike Campbell. I said, I pastor Trinity just down the road, the big church down there because we were in all good. So everybody knew where it was. She goes, okay. And I said, if it'd be all right, I'll just pray. She said, okay. So I reached over and prayed for her son. And, I, and all I said was, Father, I just barely laid my hand on top of his head. And I could tell he was in fever and he was sweating. I said, Father, I curse this fever and command it to break in the name of Jesus. And I thank you. The healing anointings that work in his body, affecting healing and a cure in Jesus' name. And I said, okay, ma'am, thank you very much. And he's still crying. I walked off. 
went down the end of the road, made it to the next aisle, started up that aisle, realized I'm on the wrong aisle, went back down to the end and started up the next aisle, maybe eight minutes, five minutes, eight minutes. And all of a sudden I see this lady come around the end on the far end of the aisle. She comes around, she sees me and she goes, ah, and she takes off running with, her, with that basket. I'm like, oh my God, she's gonna run me over with that thing, man. And she slams on the brakes right at the last minute. And she comes over and she throws her arms around me. And she starts hugging me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look at my baby. He's, that, he's smiling. He's not sweating. That fever's gone. He's not hot anymore. And, and I, all I can think of is, ma'am, would you please let go of me? People are gonna think I'm having an affair in Walmart. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even rejoicing with this lady. And then finally, I said, ma'am, would you mind unhugging me? And she let go and I said, I'm very excited about your child. God is always faithful to his word. And then I asked her, I said, do you go to church? She said, I haven't been in years. I said, are you born again? She said, I am. I said, well, you need to get back to your church and you need to be faithful to God because he's always gonna be faithful to you. And I turned and walked off. Do you know what? It didn't take any time. You're a believer, you have a purpose. You hear somebody sick, lay your hands on them, command to be made whole. Hey, I, let me just help you with one quick thing. It's not you doing the healing anyway. So lay your hands on them, command them to be made whole. Can you say amen? We do it all over the world, all over the world, and it works. People come. I was in a village in Iraq, and much like Paul here, look at this. Look at what happened. Now, when the sun was setting, all those who had any sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on them. This is talking about Jesus. Paul is doing the purpose of Jesus by laying his hands on him. And listen to me, healing is the dinner bell of the gospel. When people see healing, they will come. Remember Acts chapter eight? said, Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them and they give heed unto the things he said, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. In other words, God was showing up. And so we, I'm in Iraq and we go to this village and uh, we're out there in that village and we're handing out gym bags and shorts and t-shirts, a pair of Nike shoes to all the kids and, and we're giving them uh, you know, a Bible, a Quran and the story of Jesus. You know, they wouldn't let us give the Bible unless we gave the Quran. I'm willing to make that swap because I was giving them life. And so we gave them these Bibles and, and these Qurans and everything. And so we, were, we preached Jesus at the school so the chief invited us to come to his house. While we're sitting at his house, his father is not well. And he said, my father's not well. Would you pray for him? So I, I laid my hands on him, prayed for him. And God touched him. I don't know exactly what was wrong with him, but God touched him right then and he was made whole. And let me tell you what happened. Right there, they pushed all the food out of the way. It was on the floor. And every man in that building came and knelt down on that, on that uh, what, what do you call it? Tablecloth that was laying on the floor. And I stood up and, they, and I said, what's going on? They said, we all want that Jesus that you've got. And so there we are in Iraq on the border of Iran and I lead all these men to Jesus and we went out in the street and we started walking down the street and people were bringing their sick out and we started praying for them. At the end of the day, there were four to 600 people in that village and every one of them came out and prayed to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. The gospel, healing, 
They go together because it's the dinner bell of the gospel, all right? Now look at this. Jesus told us to do his works. It said when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island where Paul was who had diseases came and they were what? Healed. They were cured, healed. Come on, are y'all with me? I'm telling you right now, the gospel works. And the power of God, it was on display. And let me give you my last point. Number four, also that was on display was God's favor, the slop over. I love it. It's on. Watch this. Watch this in Acts 28:10. They honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put us on, they put us, they put on board whatever we what? Needed. Did God not say he would supply all our needs according to his riches and glory? He didn't say how it would come, did he? But listen, the favor of God caused them to load up the ship with everything they needed. Now follow me. Does that not sound like the children of Israel when they were delivered from Egypt? The Bible says they plundered Egypt and got all the gold and the silver and all the jewelry. They just gave it, said, get it, get it. You want it, get it. They gave them supplies. They gave them livestock and sent them out blessed. Paul and his men had the favor of God and they make the rest of the trip onto Rome blessed with the favor of God. And let me tell you something. Everybody that's on that ship getting blessed because of Paul. It doesn't say there were any other believers on the ship. So Paul's doing all the praying and all the believing, but because of Paul and him following the purpose of God for his life and putting the, the, the power of God on display by stretching forth his hands to heal so that signs and wonders could be wrought in the name of the Holy Child Jesus, now the whole ship is blessed with everything they need to make the voyage the rest of the way to Rome. I want you to know something right now. That same slop over is available to you. That when you believe God, expect others around you to receive part of the blessing also. Are you with me today, church? Because our God is not just good to one. Our God is good to all. Can you say amen? And that's how this, this I mean, what a story. Golly, I want to be a fly on the wall. And see all of this take place would have been amazing. Because it's filled with God. Remember I started out by talking about the curse moments? Divine. And God showed up. Father, I pray for every person in this house. I pray right now for them. I pray, Father, that now that you've opened their eyes and opened their ears and opened their hearts, they'll receive with gladness the engrafted word, which has the power to change their life and destiny if they'll let it. I thank you right now, Father, that if there be anybody here who's never accepted Jesus and gone all in, that, Father, today will be the day of salvation. I thank you for those who need healing, that today they will receive healing into their bodies, that the power of God will rest upon their lives. And we honor you and we thank you for it right now in the mighty and majestic name of Jesus. And everybody said amen.